Chapter Fifteen of the Well at the World's End, Book One, The Road Unto Love. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Agnew. Book One of the Well at the World's End by William Morris. Chapter Fifteen. How Ralph departed from the burg of the four friths. Him seemed he had scarce been asleep a minute ere awoke with the sound of someone saying softly, Master, master, awake. So he sat up and answered softly in his turn, Who is it? What is amiss, since the night is yet young? I am thy fellow fairer, Roger, said the speaker, and this thou hast to do. Get on thy raiment speedily and take thy weapons without noise, if thou wouldst be in the prison of the burg before sunrise. Ralph did as he was bidden without more words, for already when he lay down his heart misgave him that he was in no safe place. He looked to his weapons and armour that they should not clash, and down they came into the hall and found the door on the latch. So out they went, and Ralph saw that it was somewhat cloudy. The moon was set, and it was dark but ralph knew by the scent that came on the light wind and a little stir of blended sounds that it was hard on dawning and even therewith he heard the challenge of the warders on the walls and their crying of the hour and the chimes of the belfry rang clear and loud and seeming close above him two hours and a half after midnight roger spake not and Ralph was man-at-arms enough to know that he must hold his peace, and though he longed sore to have his horse Falcon with him, he wotted that it would avail not to ask of his horse, since he durst not ask of his life. So they went on silently, till they were out of the great place, and came to a narrow street, and so into another which led them straightway to the houseless space under the wall. Roger led right on, as if he knew the way well, and in a twinkling were they come to the postern of the wall, betwixt the east gate and the south. By the said postern Ralph saw certain men standing, and on the earth near by, whereas he was keen-eyed, he saw more than one man lying moveless. Spake Roger softly to the men who stood on their feet, Is the rope twined? Nay, rope twined, said one of them. Then Roger turned and whispered to Ralph, Friends, get out thy sword. Wherewithal the gate was opened, and they all passed out through the wall, and stood above the ditch in the angle nook of the square tower. Then Ralph saw some of the men stoop and shoot out a broad plank over the ditch, which was deep but not wide thereabout, and straightway he followed the others over it, going last save Roger. By then they were on the other side. He saw a glimmer of the dawn in the eastern heaven, but it was still more than dusk, and no man spoke again. They went on softly across the plain fields outside the wall, creeping from bush to bush and from tree to tree. From here, if nowhere about the circuit of the burg, there were few trees growing. Thus they came to a little wood and passed through it, and then Ralph could see that the men were six besides Roger. By the glimmer of the growing dawn he saw before them a space of meadows with high hedges about them, and a dim line that he took for the roof of a barn or grange, 
and beyond that a dark mass of trees. Still they pressed on without speaking. A dog barked not far off, and the cocks were crowing, and close by them in the meadow a cow lowed, and hustled over the bents and the long unbitten buttercups. Day grew apace, and by then they were under the barn gable which he had seen aloof, and saw the other roofs of the grange, and heard the bleeding of sheep. And now he saw those six men clearly, and noted that one of them was very big and tall, and one small and slender, and it came into his mind that these two were none other than the twain whom he had come upon last night, sitting in the hall of the Flower de Luce. Even therewith came a man to the gate of the sheepcote by the grange, and caught sight of them, and had the wits to run back at once, shouting, Hugh, what, Richard, and all you, out with you, out a doors, here be men, where the dry tree, bows and bills, bows and bills. With that, those fellows of Ralph made no more ado, but set off running at their best toward the wood aforesaid, which crowned the slope leading up from the grange, and took no care to go softly, nor heeded the clashing of their armor. Ralph ran with the best, and entered the wood alongside the slim youth aforesaid, who stayed not at the wood's edge, but went on running still. But Ralph stayed, and turned to see what was toward, and beheld how that tall man of the last of their company, and ere he entered the wood, turned about with a bent bow in his hand, and even as he knocked the shaft, the men from the grange, who were seven in all, came running out from behind the barn gable, crying out, Ho, thieves! Ho, ye of the dry tree! Abide till we come! Flee not from handy strokes! The tall man had the shaft to his ear in a twinkling, and loose straightway, and knocked and loose another shaft without staying to note how the first had sped. But Ralph saw that a man was before each of the shafts, and had fallen to earth, though he had no time to see aught else. For ever therewith the tall man caught him by the hand, and crying out, The third time, ran on with him after the rest of their company, and whereas he was long-legged, and Ralph light-footed, they speedily came up with them, who were running still, but laughing as they ran, and jeering at the men of the burg, and the tall man shouted out to them, Yea, lads, the counterfeit dry tree that they have raised in the burg shall be dry enough this time. Truly, said another, till we come to water with blood of these wretches. Well, well, get on, said a third. Waste not your wind in talk. Those carls will make but a short run of it to the walls, long as it was for us, creeping and creeping as we behoved to. The long man laughed. Thou sayest sooth, said he, but thou art the longest-winded of all in talking. Get on, lads. They laughed again at his word, and sped on with less noise, while Ralph thought within himself that he was come into strange company, for now he knew well that the big man was even he whom he had first met at the churchyard gate of the thorpe under Bear Hill. Yet he deemed that there was naught for it now but to go on. Within a while they all slacked somewhat, and presently did but walk, though swiftly, through the paths of the thicket, which Ralph deemed full surely was part of that side of the wood perilous that lay south of the burg of the four friths. And now Roger joined himself to him, and spake to him aloud, and said, 
so fair master thou art out of the peril of death for this bout art thou also sure of that quoth ralph or who are these that be with us meseems they smell of dry tree yea or rebels or runaways therefrom said roger with a dry grin but whosoever they may be thou shalt see that they will suffer us to depart whither we will if we like not their company i will be thy warrant thereof moreover said ralph i have lost falcon my horse it is a sore miss of him maybe quoth roger and whereas there are many horses on the earth but is but one skin of thine be content if thou will thou shalt win somewhat in exchange for thine horse ralph smiled but somewhat sourly and even therewith he heard a shrill whistle a little aloof and the men stayed and held their peace for they were talking together freely again now then the big man put his fingers to his mouth and whistled again in answer a third whistle answered him and lo presently as their company hastened on the voices of men and anon they came into a little wood-lawn wherein standing about or lying on the grass beside their horses were more than a score of men well armed but without any banner or token and all in white armour with white gabardines thereover and they had with them as ralph judged some dozen of horses more than they needed for their own riding great was the joy at this meeting and there was embracing and kissing of friends but ralph noted that no man embraced that slender youth and that he held him somewhat aloof from the others and all seemed to do him reverence now spake one of the runaways well lads here be all we four well met again along with these twain who came to help us in our pinch as their wont is and roger withal good at need again and a friend of his as it seemeth and whom we not know see ye to that then stood forth the big man and said he is a fair young knight as ye may see and he rideth seeking adventures and roger did us to wit that he was abiding in the burg at his peril and would have him away even if it were somewhat against his will and we were willing that it should be so all the more as i have a guess concerning what he is and a foreseeing man might think that luck should go with him therewith he turned to ralph and said how say ye fair sir will you take guesting with us for a while and learn our ways said ralph certain i am that whither ye will have me go thither must i yet i deem that i have an errand that lies not your way therefore if i go with you ye must so look upon it that i am in your fellowship as one compelled to be short with you i crave leave to depart and go mine own road as he spoke he saw the youth walking up and down in short turns but his face he could scarce see at all what for his slouched hat what for his cloak and at last he saw him go to the tall man and speak softly to him a while the tall man nodded his head and as the youth drew right back nigh to the thicket spake to ralph again fair sir we grant thine asking and add to this thereto that we give thee the man who has joined himself to thee roger of the rope-walk to wit to help thee on the road so that thou mayest not turn thy face back to the burg of the four friths 
where thine errand and thy life withal were soon sped now or run into any other trap which the wood perilous may have for thee and yet if thou think better of it thou mayest come with us straightway for we have naught to do to tarry here any longer and in any case here is a good horse that we will give thee since thou hast lost thy steed and roger who rideth with thee he also is well horsed ralph looked hard at the big man who now had his salad thrown back from his face to see if he had any token of jeering or malice but could see naught such nay his face was grave and serious not ill-fashioned though it were both long and broad like his body his cheekbones somewhat high his eyes grey and middling great and looking as it were far away now deems ralph that as for a trap of the wood perilous he had already fallen into the trap for he scarce needed to be told that these were men of the dry tree he knew also that it was roger who had led him into this trap although he deemed it done with no malice against him so he said to himself that if he went with roger he but went a roundabout road to the dry tree so that he was well nigh choosing to go on with their company yet again he thought that something might well befall which would free him from the fellowship if he went with roger alone whereas if he went with the others it was not that he might be but that he was already of the fellowship of the dry tree and most like would go straight thence to their stronghold so he spake as soberly as the tall man had done since you give me the choice fair sir i will depart hence with roger alone whom ye call my man though to me he seemeth to be yours howbeit he has led me to you once and belike will do so once more yea quoth the big man smiling no whit more than erst and that will make the fourth time depart then fair sir and take this word with thee that i wish thee good and not evil End of chapter 15 Recording by Mary Agnew